You're listening to episode 277 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Right. Welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here, and today I'm going to be calling you out. <laughs> I am calling you out on this episode. So buckle up because we're going to be talking about setting standards, boundaries, and expectations, and the differences between the three and why we actually might want to avoid some of those. Yes, seriously. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about if you are sitting around waiting for somebody to choose you, are you waiting to be chosen? Because there's a big difference between simply hoping to be chosen and being an active participant in doing the choosing when it comes to relationships. And again, a lot of the things that I talk about here can be applied to a variety of different relationships. But obviously romantic is, is uh, the one that can come up the most often for people, can be the most tricky to navigate because it is where we are usually most vulnerable. But you can take this from a number of, of different angles. But a lot of times, many of us will just sort of sit around waiting for somebody to choose us. And then we almost remove ourselves as being one of the conscious parties in that decision. We, we want somebody to choose us so that we don't have to be vulnerable enough to put ourselves out there and risk being rejected too. So we just kind of sit around twiddling our thumbs, waiting for somebody to show interest in us. And then when they do, we get all excited. We jump all over it because we're like, oh my God, somebody likes me. And do you even know if you like them? That, that's an important question that we have to ask ourselves. So when we wait for somebody to take an interest in us, it's the much safer choice because we're like, okay, I'm not going to get rejected here because they, they're showing interest in me. So I don't have to put my heart on the line too much, just a little bit, only a little bit. It helps to mitigate the risk and I'll roll with it. So instead, what I'm challenging you to do here is to have the confidence to do the choosing yourself. And that comes from trust. And I mean that from a variety of different angles. So it comes from trusting the process. It comes from trusting your own ability to choose. It comes from trusting that there will be someone else who is a good fit for you. Even if this person turns out not to be the person that you're currently engaged with, I've talked about that before and I'll, I'll list uh, some episode references uh, closer to the end where a lot of times we will prevent ourselves from even speaking up and uh, advocating for our own needs because there's so much inherent fear if, okay, if, if I share my needs and then the other person decides to reject me, what if there's no one else out there for me? So that's rooted in this, this brutal scarcity mindset that can keep us stuck for so long in, in relationships that aren't serving us. 
I'm also challenging you to trust that you're enough the way you are without trying to bend and shape yourself to fit someone else's ideals just because they chose you. And ultimately what a lot of this comes down to is trusting yourself, trusting your own sense of self-worth and knowing how you want to feel with someone. That is the key ingredient here. And I know that people are like, okay, well, how do I tell what, what, (laughs) if, if the feeling is the feeling that I'm looking for? Well, that's, that's one of the areas that I work with people around because that can seem incredibly abstract, right? So there are ways that I I work with people to help figure out what that means for each individual. But if you're still choosing someone based almost entirely on a physical type that you have in mind, that I'm going to challenge you to throw that out the window. I'm I'm just throwing everything at you today (laughs) because there is a lot of, of people who will have, uh, you know, a, a certain look in their minds of what they think that their partner, uh, should so-called look like. Um, you might even have like height requirements or body type requirements. Like there, there's all kinds of things that we can create in, in our heads sometimes. But to me, physical attractiveness is only one small part of the equation. If someone is considered conventionally attractive, but they're not nice humans, they become unattractive to me in every possible way. Like, I don't even think that they are attractive physically anymore to, to a large degree because I, I can sense what's underneath. And I'd really recommend tossing the idea of choosing someone based solely on their physical features out the window to start getting clear on how you want to feel with someone instead. Because otherwise you can end up writing off some really incredible humans who could be a beautiful match for you if you're so focused on only physical appearance. And when you start to figure out how you want to feel with somebody, you might find that you start to have a lot more clarity when it comes to doing the choosing and then something beautiful can bloom with someone. And knowing what you're worth so that you can get confident and clear on what you want to choose is what changes everything. It's what changes everything. And, and this is really at, at the root. It's one of the core pillars that I work with people around is getting clear on what you want and the values that you look for in someone else. Because I can assure you, someone's looks will only get them so far if they don't show up with any of the values that you look for in a human being. And being brutally honest with yourself about whether you yourself embody the values that you're looking for in other people. Sometimes that's a hard punch in the face because we can, I often end up bringing it around to integrity because this is a a really common one. And this is one that's incredibly important to me as well. When we say that we value integrity, that's great. That's beautiful. I think that's amazing. Are you actually showing up with integrity yourself? And are you showing up with that integrity in every area of your life? Because you don't get to pick and choose. If integrity, again, just as one example, if integrity is a value that you place a lot of weight in and you're looking for it in other people, you better be showing up with that integrity yourself and you better be showing up with it in every other area. Because if you don't show up with integrity in one area, it bleeds into the rest. And we can feel that within us. Even if you're not conscious of it, you can sense yourself that you're out of integrity. And there's a big difference between standards, expectations, and boundaries. So I promised that that we would get to this part. 
When it comes to standards, expectations, and boundaries, these are three very different things. They might sound somewhat similar. They're actually wildly different. Expectations set us up for disappointment. I would caution you against projecting expectations onto people because they always end up setting us up for disappointment. And, and people can't live up to that sometimes, you know, it's really, really difficult. Boundaries are necessary containers for both parties. And they also prevent resentment from building while creating trust when you state your boundaries openly and honestly. So I've done uh, podcast episodes about boundaries before as well. So I will, I will reference, um, podcast episodes about all of these at the end, but boundaries, when I say that they help to prevent resentment, it's because if you're allowing somebody to do something that really bothers you, really irritates you, maybe it's out of integrity, but you don't speak up, you're going to end up resenting the other person for showing up that way because you haven't stated that there is a clear line there. And even if you have stated it, but you don't enforce it, then it's just a suggestion. It's no longer a boundary. So expectations set us up for disappointment. Boundaries are necessary containers to prevent resentment. And they, they also build trust for both parties. Standards are the tools with which we measure people against. So the core values and the qualities that we look for in another human being, particularly a romantic partner. Standards are, are different from expectations because expectations can be what we project onto people. Standards are the bar that we set for people to meet. And if people don't meet the bar, then they might not be the right person for you. And I'm not talking about setting the bar so ridiculously high that no normal human being could ever possibly live up to it, including you. (laughs) But I'm talking standards about like the, the core things that will help to potentially lead into the way you want to feel with someone. Things like integrity. Are they trustworthy? Are they loyal? Um, do they have good communication? Uh, there's, you know, there, there's all kinds of different things here that are sort of those, those core standards that we have and we, we do tend to expect. So there's a little bit of crossover here from the people in our lives. But if people do not, it, it's, it's such a fine line because when we project these, these expectations that we decide how we believe we write an entire story around how we believe someone is, is going to show up for us and they don't measure up. That's when it leads to disappointment. And that's what I mean by being very careful about setting expectations. And that's how expectations are different from standards. Standards, for example, I would not, I don't, I do not allow, and I would not allow anyone in my circle that I found to be dishonest. That's not something I'm interested in. In fact, uh, you know, there's, there, there's been a couple times where, um, there's one specific instance that I'm thinking of where somebody reached out, I'd never spoken to before who wanted to book a call to talk about working together. And I ended up catching them in, in a very small lie. And it, during the call, um, they had said something to me before the call and then they, sort of backtracked to, I, I think make themselves look better. Um, when, once we got on the call and it was in such a way that I I'm so sensitive to those types of inconsistencies that my red flag immediately went up and it, it made me not want to work with them actually. 
because I, I require honesty from people, any people, whether it's, it's clients or anything else, even like if you're, if you're my client, I can't, I can't help and support you if you aren't being honest with me. There, there isn't, I, I simply can't do my job as well if you aren't showing up with integrity to meet me. So that has to be important to you. If, if that's one of your core values, that has to be a standard with which you set across the board. And overall, this, this is still tough to navigate, right? Because in terms of the, the waiting to be chosen part and hoping that someone will just show interest in us. And um, I have a story about that and I'll share too. And setting standards and not setting a ton of expectations, but you know, being really careful with boundaries. Overall, relationships require us to be open. You hear me talk about this a lot and I will continue to say it because I, th- this is my, my deeper sense of purpose is to open people as much as possible, to open hearts and minds, to be willing to be open, to be willing to get hurt. Because what's worse, going through life wearing battle armor like some sort of porcupine and not allowing anyone to get through to you emotionally or otherwise, or actually risking opening up. And this is so much easier said than done. I am the first one to acknowledge that. I know what it feels like to want to close, to build walls so fucking high that you never let anyone in again and, and not be willing to subject yourself to deep pain ever again. But that's not why we're here. That is not why we're here. And ask yourself what you really want. What do you really want? I'll ask people that question sometimes and it stops them dead in their tracks. I'll talk to to clients or even potential clients about that. And I'll say to them, what do you want? And they'll start to give me sort of a, you know, whatever, like surface level answer, like, oh, I want this job or something. And I'm like, no, what do you want? Like, what do you really want that you will barely even allow yourself to think about just in case it doesn't happen so that you don't end up disappointed? And you have to start there because if a relationship or even the possibility of one is what you desire, then you have to behave in a way that your behavior and actions match your desires. Otherwise you're out of integrity, bringing it back to integrity. <laughs> you behavior and you know, actions and words need to be consistent. That is one of the biggest things that I look for in partners that is one of the biggest things that I teach people that, that we should all look for in, in anyone, in any type of relationship, actions should match words. And if they don't, and if your actions don't match your words, then you are the one out of integrity. And this is tough because, you know, may, maybe you feel like um, when it comes to, to choosing someone, maybe you feel like you don't have game. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> maybe you're only willing to open up when someone shows interest in you first, because it's like being a kid on the playground again, being teased for liking someone. We've all had that experience. I was talking to a girlfriend about this uh, months ago and we were laughing about it because <laughs> it's like deny, 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 you know, like somebody gives you a hard time about, Oh, do you like so-and-so like on the playground when you were a kid? And you're like, no, <laughs> it's, it's like, we're all just still like that as adults a lot of times. Right. You know, or you pick on somebody as a kid because you, you like them, but you don't want the other kids to figure it out. So you try to um, just sort of circumvent the issue by pretending that, that you hate them when you actually have a huge crush on them. <laughs> like, we, we're all just giant kids. 
we've basically just taken a lot of the same things that we did in childhood and transferred it into adulthood in more ways than one. <laughs> but not a lot changes for many of us in this realm as adults, right? But if we can recognize this for what it is, then we can start to change the behavior. And let me ask you this. If you saw a job posting that you really wanted or a speaking opportunity come up or something like that, would you close your eyes and try to wish it into existence without taking a single step of action towards either one of those things? If you saw a job posting that you wanted, but you didn't actually apply for the job, are you going to convince yourself that the job will magically be handed to you, that the phone is just going to ring one day and and they're going to call you up and say like, hey, you want this job? Or would you actively apply for it, show that you were interested in it, allow your, your unique skills and talents to shine through so that it would be seen what a good fit you could be? And how many of us have applied for jobs and not gotten them? I'm sure most of us. I certainly have. And yeah, it, it stings, but you live. You, you go on to other things and other people potentially and, and whatever that looks like. But that's sometimes how we have to treat this, at least like at the very, very beginning. Why do we treat relationships so differently? It's, it's you know, ultimately, yes, of course, it's because of the vulnerability and, and the wounding that it can bring up for each of us. But what's worse? And here's another question. Are you even allowing yourself to choose instead of waiting for someone else to choose you? If you're not, it could be because you've made choices in potential partners before that didn't turn out well and you no longer trust your ability to choose. I'll, I'll hear people sometimes crack jokes, uh, you know, sort of sarcastic jokes like, oh yeah, I, I can pick them. And, <laughs> and again, I hear you on this. I, I think I might have shared this story on a previous episode, but I've I can't remember now. I've done so many episodes. Sometimes I, I'm, forgive me if I'm like repeating stories because sometimes they, they blend together a little bit when you're just, you know, sitting in, in a room talking to a computer screen, it's hard to know which stories you've shared and which ones you haven't. But I had two roommates in university and they both had the same steady boyfriends, uh, basically our entire time in university together. Whereas I was usually single and actively dating different people. And one of their boyfriends, who was also a friend of mine at the time, um, he told me one night after he'd had a few drinks that every time I started dating someone new, the gist of the conversations my two roommates would have with him about me would involve sarcastically wondering how long this one would last because I often did not get into healthy relationships. And that stung, but it stung because my own worst fears about myself were being confirmed. Like those were, were the worst things that I already believed about myself. So to have an outside sources confirm that to me, like, oh yeah, she's terrible at, at, at uh, you know, picking, she, she's, she's terrible at like picking the wrong people, basically. The only reason that offhand comment struck me so hard was because in my mind, it confirmed all of the worst things I already believed about myself especially that I felt I was incapable of being with or choosing someone who was good both to me and for me. And that's obviously changed significantly since, since then. That was a long time ago. But the only reason to address these issues head on is to do the thing that you're most afraid of. In this case, is to start choosing. Choosing yourself first, by the way. Choosing yourself first. That's where the the boundaries and and standards and expectations come in. And then we can start applying that to other people. 
and recognize that, that yes, you're, you probably are going to make some mistakes along the way. And yes, some of those mistakes might be painful. And those decisions are all going to lead you to getting ridiculously clear on what you want more of and what you will no longer tolerate what your standards are and where your boundaries lie, how to communicate your needs, not placing expectations we have of people upon them, which only sets us up for disappointment. And most of all, as you begin to move through this, you'll begin to trust yourself more. And the more you trust yourself, the more you'll trust your ability to choose. In fact, this is, this actually, this has started to surprise me lately, but one of the most common things that I hear from people who approach me to work together lately is that they struggle with indecision. They're not confident in their ability to choose in, in a wide number of areas in their lives, and they get stuck in analysis paralysis without being able to choose for themselves. And this can end up looking like going to other people to help you make all of your decisions, um, being frozen with fear every time you're presented with, with a choice, Hiding instead of showing up powerfully, knowing that if you make that, even if you make the wrong choice or the wrong decision, you'll still be able to figure it out. Like the the biggest thing to note here is to recognize that the more you fail, the more you'll get closer to what you do want. As long as you learn from those failures, which if, if you're listening to this podcast, you're likely someone who is interested in growing from mistakes and examining your choices, right? So these are all things to consider. And again, I've, I've got a few um, different episodes here that I think could be really helpful in conjunction with this one. Episode 138 is all about the weight of expectations and how we can often attach to outcomes. Uh, episode 120 is all about listening to your intuition and gut instinct. Episode 269 is about intuition versus anxiety. And episode 268 is about trust is a, cho- trust is a choice. Um, in creating a confident relationship with the well, with the unknown. I can't talk today, apparently. Um, there's a couple others as well that I'll list uh, in the show notes, either directly on whatever app you're listening to this to or over at roomtogrowpodcast.com um, and share this one too. Like, I think that it's, it's interesting. I was having this conversation with uh, a close friend of mine that uh, we're going to be doing a couple of collaborations um, coming up later this year. And we were having this conversation about the differences between expectations and boundaries and standards. And it was really fascinating to, to have that conversation and to see it from different angles, because I think that this is something that isn't discussed often enough. And we don't often recognize the differences between these, but the differences are crucial and they make such, such an impact on the choices that we make. So definitely share this one with somebody who needs to hear it. Please share it on social media. Uh, tag me over at Emily Goff Coach. If you would like to apply to work together, let me know. You can send me a DM. Um, jump over to my website. Again, I'll list in the show notes. Or you can send me an email at info at emilygoffcoaching.com. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me, and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. 
Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.